up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Lottie Moss, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you feeling? I am so nervous to be on here, but I'm actually, do you know, I'm so excited as yeah. well. It's so nice to meet you and be here. Loving the outfit. Yeah, leather. I'm doing all leather. I feel very Julia Fox. I know you had her on here as well. Yes. So. Without the eyeliner, I'm doing yes. Julia Fox today. Yes. Oh, I'm I obsessed with her. I'm obsessed. What did you do today? Like, how was your morning? So my morning was great. I woke up and went to the gym this morning, actually. I know. Oh I woke up like 8.30, went to the gym. I was craving a coffee, but I was like, I need to gym fast. And then I got my coffee with my manager before. Do you go route. to the gym every morning? I, I could lie and be like, yeah, I'm the healthiest person ever, but I'm not going to lie about it. No, I try to go to the gym as much as possible. Like, especially in the recent months, I feel like it just really, for me, it's not even like for my body and stuff, which is also very important for me, but it's genuinely ment- mentally, it gets me in the mood every morning. Like, I can't do, I don't know how people do it in the evenings, but people at the gym in the evenings, you're psychotic. Also, the worst is when you're like, oh, I'll work out later. No, you're not. Yeah, you're not. I'm not don't gonna... even lie to yourself. You're, that little voice in your brain goes, I know you're lying, so shut <laughs> up. Right. It's either in the morning or it's not happening. It's not happening. I, don't, yeah. I, agree I need with to you. wake up and blindly just go. I need yeah. to not even think about it. Because if I yes. think about it, then I'm like, I'm, I'm not go. going. Yeah. No, that's actually such a good point. Like, I have to go immediately or yeah, even same. if I linger I in literally, the morning. I woke up this morning, like, barely literally opened my eyes and I was like, just put your gym gear on. Just go, just, just get go. in there, just get just in there. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, Daddy Gang? Rally the squad. We're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the golden glow, because you already know UGG season is year-round, baby. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Daddy Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Did you go to Coachella? I didn't go to Coachella this year. I just, I just couldn't be bothered this year. I didn't plan it well enough this year, you know. I, have you ever gone? I've, I've been. I mean, before COVID and everything, yeah, I went yeah. four years in a row. 
I think, yeah. But I went with work. So I was always like working out there and doing that. So I never like, I had fun out there, but I was always, there was always like something else in the back of my mind that I had to be doing, you know, these like paid posts and things like that. So yeah, but I think next year, but I want to plan it. I want to get my own house with my friends and do that. This year, I didn't know people were going. Every single person (laughs) I feel like I saw on TikTok was like, Coachella was basically the new like fire festival and everyone yeah. was like it was miserable and I'm like wait well, so what? everyone slated everyone's outfits I was like I didn't think they were that bad everyone I didn't was like, either I think what it so is bad. I think why people are pissed about the outfits is because they're kind of doing similar outfits but maybe it's just because like it's not as like cool anymore because you've seen it every year I don't know but people were yeah pissed. but I mean there is a Coachella like vibe that you go yeah, for yeah, like yeah. there's a vibe that, there's something that you wear and it's like oh that's very Coachella yes. do you know what I mean yes, it's a yes, festival yes. it's festival season everyone wears kind of the same things to festivals that's also I was annoyed because I saw people like shitting on influencers for like going all out and dressing up and then like some of the high-end celebrities this year just wearing in like jeans and t-shirts yeah I saw Kylie Jenner wearing like full jeans and t-shirt yes. and like like this sort of jacket and I was like oh my god that I love that though. I love that and I, I mean like she doesn't need to try anymore. at all but I also feel like don't shit on the influencers like they were having fun there were some people like yeah. you must feel so embarrassed that you got dressed up why they were having what fun what? yeah Let them have it's fun. the one time of the year where you're like in a nice house you're going to like Coachella it's a Take music exactly you're seeing everyone you know as well so you want to look like hot so you didn't have oh my god did you just censor yourself you can say i know i was scared to say the f word you're like guys they almost (laughs) especially because i'm from england so i'm like (laughs) you can curse on call her daddy i'm scared too i think i've been because i've been pr'd before this i'm like ah no oh my god are you kidding call her daddy started and i was like so the dick is gonna slide into the pussy and then like i was like talking so i know i remember like your first few like episodes and things like that and it was very like explicit yeah but that's why I loved about it and that's what I love about you because I'm a very I talk very openly and very explicitly and because of what I've come from like with modeling and stuff it wasn't like okay to talk about those things oh so openly and I just I've always been that kind of person like I grew up watching like the girls next door and like I grew up watching the simple life and things like that so I'm just I've just automatically become like yes you're like like my own version yeah I I am the same way and I don't get why people like I get why people censor themselves but I'm also like I love people that don't because I'm like just be real talk how you want to talk this is the thing I think but I think it's fine sex is one of the most natural things in this whole world everyone has sex do you know what I mean so why is it so taboo to speak on and like even Sweet. like the word fuck it's a it's a great word it is it gets your point across it's just such a good word it's my favorite word it's, it really you're right it does yeah. get your point across it hits it home it gets to where you need it to does. go it truly does okay so you recently moved to LA I did well so basically I'm in the process of moving right okay. now okay so I need to still get my visa and everything like that sorted but I am um, I'm so excited to move here because I've been I actually moved here like two years ago when COVID started listen to this this is the this is so my luck too so I actually moved here two years ago when COVID started it had it hadn't started it was the beginning of 2020 I packed up all my stuff in London like uh, December 2019 packed up everything moved all my stuff over there 21 big boxes moved it all over I was like perfect this is gonna happen for me I get this like amazing apartment in West Hollywood I'm like oh this is so amazing I bring my dog over everything and then oh, no. I come back for three days after a month and a half of being there. I come back for three days for a job and someone steals my Louis Vuitton purse with my passport, everything in it. So my visa's gone, everything, right? Yeah. So I, what? I'm dying as well. This is, I mean, this is like as bad as it could get. And then my phone stolen everything, right? And then I realized, and then COVID happened. So I can't come back to the US because the um, embassy closed. 
So I have a, a huge apartment in LA that's just with all sat your stuff. there with all my stuff in there, just like. And I had to give away my dog. It was, I mean, it was a really hard wait, time. Wait, for your me. dog was in LA. Still? Yeah, my dog was in LA still. I'd left her for three days. Like I didn't. I thought I was coming back. I was like, oh, I'm gonna come back. It'll be fine. And then three days turned into a year or two years or something until I could come back into the country. Yeah, that's what happened. It was the crazy. fact that you had to leave your basically child my child yeah my chihuahua yeah and I I flew her over here and everything I was so excited to live here and like it was tragic and then like so I had my friend looking after it and luckily she she looked after it so well and then we eventually found a home for her so what's her name Lulu oh Lulu (laughs) she's adorable she's a chihuahua I would lose my mind but the fact that and so you were just in London for an almost entire quarantine yeah, I was in London, so I stayed at my sister's house for like two months, three months, until, you know, when it was like the big lockdown where you couldn't leave your house. Yes. And I was actually at my sister's anyway, staying with her in the countryside, luckily. And then they announced lockdown, and I was like, okay, fine, I'm good with this big house in the countryside. I will stay here. I was with family, and it was nice. Yeah. Like, it was nice to, because I think I would have really struggled in LA being oh by God. myself in my apartment, locked in my apartment. Like, everything was closed. Like, even like Trader Joe's didn't have like yes. kitchen, you dry yes. toilet paper and things like that sorry I say toilet you guys say toilet what did you guys say um the restroom wait don't you say the loo no (laughs) yeah we say the loo too yeah toilet yeah the toilet yeah oh oh, but you say to go to the toilet yeah we say yeah yeah, no we just call that as more of like an object yeah you say the bathroom which is like the whole (laughs) room in itself like do you even have a word for the toilet on Caller Daddy today, we're talking about the toilet. Toilet. Like, who knew what direction this was going to go? Toilet talk. Okay, so you give people a little background in your life. Yeah. You have two way older half-siblings. Growing up, did you feel like an only child? Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah, because I... So my dad obviously got divorced from their mom okay. and married my mom, I think, five or ten years later. And then um, they had me. So I did... I was I was alone living at home with them. So I did feel like the only child. But I loved it. I loved being the only child. I was like their heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was the only one that they loved like in the house. So I was like, I loved it. It was great. Um. So what was your relationship like with your like siblings growing up since they were so much older? Like, were you close? I mean, we were not close because of the fact that there was such a big age gap. Obviously, they were way older than me. They had their own lives. Like when I was born, my sister was 21, 22. So it, she was much older than me. For like, are you, my- you're closer in age almost to your half sister's daughter. Yeah, I am. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm much closer in age with my niece. She's okay, uh, 19. Okay. So it's, and I'm 24. So it's actually crazy that we are so close. But I think that will make us closer like in the future. One of your half siblings was the biggest supermodel in the world at the time, Kate Moss. What do you remember growing up since you were, you, there was such a different age gap, like about realizing your sister was that big? Do you of know star? what? It's so funny because people would say, like, when I was younger, people would be like, oh my God, your sister's Kate Moss. I didn't really get it. I was like, okay. And your sister's so and so from down the street. Like, I don't really understand how that's different. This was the first time I think I realized that she was famous was when we used to go out for lunch together and it wouldn't be at her house because a lot of the time we'd go to her house when I was younger yeah. because it was obviously easier with the paparazzi and stuff. And when my when I was younger, that was when the paparazzi used to be crazy because there was no social media. So it was crazy. When there was paparazzi outside her house or outside restaurants, it was 20 paparazzi. It wasn't like two guys that are like standing outside your car. It was 20 paparazzi and they were like, they were hardcore, you know? There were a few things that were massive invasions of privacy because obviously it was a time when a lot of paparazzi were actually climbing into celebrities' back gardens to take pictures. 
And um, there was one point I remember when there was a guy in a van sat outside my sister's house and I, I opened the window in my sister's bathroom, which was like the top floor because it was a big like townhouse. I opened the thing and I saw the guy standing there. I was like, shit. So I had to like close the close. Were the you window. scared? I wasn't scared. I was just like, oh my God. Like, but I think it's made me so much more used to it now. I mean, now like celebrities have an easy run totally. compared to what it used to be like. Obviously it's it's awful like what they were doing, it but is, it's just it so, it genuinely for me, it's like even, it's almost like a documentary when you watch those videos of paparazzi and how aggressive they were. Right. And, like, how many of them there were. I can't believe this, the amount of them. There's it's like, like 50 gross. of them. Did yeah. your parents try to like shield you from the spotlight or was were you kind of just like, involved in it when you were I mean I don't think my parents even knew how to really handle it my dad's from like East Croy like from Croydon and he's like a very small town guy like didn't really expect for this to happen um and my mom's kind of say my mom's from Norway and she's you know very like chilled and whatever and I just think they didn't really know how to handle it so when I got the opportunity to do it I I don't think they kind of understood how much of an effect it would have on me did you feel pressure to follow in your sister's footsteps or did you always want to be a model yourself? So I, I never really had a moment to think about it, honestly. So yeah. I was first scouted at my sister's wedding when I was 13 at my sister's wedding. So basically I was in a lot of the press pictures because there yeah. was one moment with my sister and her husband at the time and all of the bridesmaids and we all went outside the church and there was loads of paparazzi, obviously. And they had to kind of just let it happen. But they had like a railing and stuff and they were taking pictures of everyone. And then a few days later in the press, there was all the pictures came out and they were like, who is this? And my, I was like, sorry that I took your uh, your shine, Kate. It's not your wedding day anymore. <laughs> You're like, Kate, you looked great, but But I'm- what about me? Yeah, yeah, I looked sensational. <laughs> you look great, but look at me. Well, so you were scouted at 13 years old. I was old. scouted at 13. And after the wedding and all those pictures came out and they were like, who's this? This is like Kate's sister and things. And they'd never really known that. And the agency that I was with at the time called me in. And yeah. And were you excited or were you nervous? Like, do you remember? Because had you I honestly, ever- like, I don't even really remember it. Like, I was yeah. so young. And they were like, we'll start you off with some test shots. I was so I was so excited, though. I was like, I do remember being like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. Because right. I got to go up to London. And I was never from London. So I was from, like, a seaside town, which was down south. And so when I went to London, I was like, this is so, like, fabulous. And, like the city life and stuff I just thought it was all so cool okay so you have a very recognizable last name how did that affect your early experiences in the modeling industry I mean obviously I will say and I will sit here and say that I was privileged with how I managed to get into the modeling industry like you know but everyone else if they if their sister was capable I'm sure that they would have taken the same opportunity as I did you know I was young and they it was exciting and they were like you know you get to go on photo shoots and wear these amazing clothes and I was like oh my god this is so exciting that was definitely I had privileges 100% and I I will sit here and admit that um because obviously you know I got the I got way better jobs very early on you know and I didn't have to do the whole casting situation as much I literally just went and did I was direct bookings so I just got direct you know direct books I did I did um I was on the cover of French Vogue when I was 18 that is fucking incredible and iconic it was crazy when that happened like what was going on in your head what was going on in your life like how See, did this you feel? was the thing like I was so young and I was still kind of I was I think I was actually still at school at the time so I had to be I was when I was doing modeling a very early on at 17 18 I was getting taken out of school Got to it. do modeling 
And they were like, look, you've got this modeling career. They were like, you can't do university, which is like college, right. and do this at the same time. So it's just not going to work out with the timings and things like that. So I was like, right, I'm going to focus on modeling then. What were you like in high school? Like, were you ever, because I know it can go either way. Like, are you bullied for having like a kind of a famous family or like, were you kind of popular? Do you know what? I got along with everyone at school. I'm a very social person. And I, this was one of my problems at school as well because I was so social. I didn't want to do any of the work. So I was just, I was just nice to everyone. Genuinely. I'm just, I'm quite like easy to get along with. I went to a state school, which is where you don't pay. And then I went to private school when I was 17. I paid for my own private school. I paid for my own school fees. Yeah. Through your modeling? Through my modeling, yeah. I paid for my school fees. So, like, I I really hustled. I did it myself, you know? And I think a lot of people don't know that. Like, I didn't get any money from my sister or anything when I was younger, which we shouldn't, you know? Like, it's my mom and my dad. We didn't need money from her. Do you know what I mean? So, we just had you know what we had and we weren't that well off but it was fine <laughs> and you knew you were going to be a star I knew I was ever since greatness. that <laughs> wedding photo you were like put me in coach yeah I was Let's like honey go. I've got a career ahead of me <laughs> okay so obviously with modeling there's so many things that come with being in the modeling industry with regard to like body image and how it can affect a model how did modeling affect your relationship to your body I mean, it was always very tricky. I went sit here online and say like, oh, like, you know, I feel like I'm so confident in my body. Like, even though I know I have a good body and I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and like slate myself, but I, everyone has insecurities. I was super insecure. I was a young kid going yeah. into modeling at like 13, 14 years old. And I mean, I was told by people in the industry that I had to lose weight to do modeling. Mm-hmm. And there was one point where I had to do New York Fashion Week and I had to, they told me I had to get down to a 23 inch waist. Um, and I think it was like 34 hips or 32 hips. And they're like, you have to get down to that size. So I worked out, I was 18. I worked out until I got down to that size. I ate one piece of toast a day. And then lo and behold, I got there and I wasn't tall enough. And this is the thing, like it was for me, it was more my height that I was really insecure about. It wasn't even my body because I've always been quite slim, Mm -hmm. but I was really insecure about my height. And they were trying to make me be like this like high fashion model. I was like, but I'm five foot five. I'm like looking up at the castings that these girls like, hello. Right. You're like, I can only wear such high heels until I like literally topple over. Like Exactly. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that was my biggest sister? insecurity. So my sister's, I think, five foot seven. Got so it. she's just on the cusp of being okay. like tall enough. But for me, I mean, I'm five foot five. Like, and this is a hard thing. Like I look back at it now and I'm like, no wonder like I yeah. had like problems yeah. and things like that in the future because I was so like, you know, I was kind of pushed into doing these things and getting to a certain weight and doing that. But like, I'm surprised I never got an eating disorder from modeling. Like I've never had any problems with eating, but this is the thing. Am yeah. I not good enough by myself? Right. Just who I am and my body. Is that not good enough? Right. Cause Did- now in the fashion industry, it's very like body positive. When I started, I can tell you it was not that way. It was not. Were drugs and alcohol and like partying kind of like pretty normal around everyone you were surrounded it was a by part in the, of the lifestyle yeah when did you first experiment with drugs i mean i was i was about 18 i think when i first experimented with drugs but actually no i was a bit younger when i was smoking weed and things like that but um yeah it was just part of the industry like it was very much accepted um i was also like given it in a lot of mm-hmm. scenarios um with people in the industry when do you remember your drug use going from like experimental to abuse? I think 
it's a hor- it's a horrible topic, isn't it? It's like it is really like <laughs> it's an intense one. But I think it's so important to talk about because I think so many people in this industry struggle with it. And I'm still around people and I see them struggling with that. But it's so normalized, which is so sad. Like I think I I just thought it was normal because I was going to these events, going to these parties, and I was so exhausted that that was the only way that I was getting through it. Like mm-hmm. and a lot of the time I was, I would show up to set and I would not be happy and I wanted to, I didn't want to do it. I'd be crying my eyes out and they'd be like, well, we'll just get you some drugs and like, you can have a drink and then you can, you'll be fine. You know what I mean? It was very much like that. Like, oh, you'll do this shoot whether you're sober or not. Like it's going to happen to you, you know? Yeah, it was like, I mean, that was always how it was in, in, in the past. So for me, it was a, co- it became a coping mechanism because I was like, oh, this is how I've coped in the past. And it seems to make everything else, you know, feel numb. So maybe I just keep doing it in that way. It's like, that's how the industry rolls, which like, I appreciate you being honest about it because you're right. Like, it's so normalized behind the scenes. Oh, you're not in the mood. Here's a bag of cocaine. Go to the bathroom and figure it out. Wow. And like when you said- It shouldn't be normalized. I want anyone that's like listening to know that it should, don't feel like pressured by other people to do it, pressured in the industry to do it at parties, anything. It's not a normal thing to do drugs. It's not. And it shouldn't be as normalized as it is in the, you know, celebrity industry or fashion industry or any industry. When you said that you would show up on set and you would just be like so upset and didn't want to do it. Like what was going through your head in those moments? I mean, I was- I was very unhappy with what I was doing. I was not, I didn't feel like I belonged ever in the modeling industry because of my height. And the way that I was kind of, by people in the industry, they kind of made me into a person that I wasn't. They wanted me to be Kate Moss part two. Kind of like Bella Hadid-esque, looking like that, like acting like that. And for me, that's just not me. I'm a very chaotic, like blonde bitch who's like, <laughs> show me, I love that about myself. I love that I'm funny and I'm interesting and I'm, you know, kind of chaotic and a bit crazy. I kind of love that about myself, but it was not accepted. It just was not. Like every interview, it was kind of like, you know, you just say what you're working on and doing this and being happy and, you know, nice and everything. It was all just very like every event I went to as well, everyone just happy, happy and smile at everyone. I remember like a moment where it was like I had to do an event and I was in Rome and I was in the hotel room and I was crying my eyes out and they were just putting makeup on like over my tears like it was bad and then they were like just do it you you only have to be downstairs for an hour or two hours or whatever there was I don't think there was a lot of people in that industry that cared about my well-being I have to be real it was it was 100% we're making money off you we're making a lot of money off you I was making probably one of the most out of everyone at the agency and they knew that. What did that do to like your self-worth? Well, this is the thing. I never, I never felt good enough. And I still struggle to this day with feeling like good enough because I mean, everywhere I go, I'm never going to not be Kamos' sister. Everywhere I go, everyone knows who she is. Everyone has pictures of her in their house. And you know, it's like, I, I do sometimes think, God, like, well, maybe I'm not. But then you have to just, you have to stick with it, you know? And like you said, like, I think even honestly yeah. sitting down with you, I'm so excited already <laughs> to release this because yeah. everyone's going to love you because you're right. The unique thing about you, you're gorgeous. That's, you. <laughs> uh, of course you are. But like your personality, I could fucking sit here all day with you. You're so entertaining. <laughs> you're you. so you, like likable you. and fun to be around. And so I yeah. think that sucks that like at such a young age, you were kind of yeah. told like, this is what we want yeah. you to be instead of like, wait, what well, about- and, and every time I complained about it and I sort of said like, I don't like this outfit or yeah. something that they put me on. I don't, I'm not just not feeling this or whatever. And it was kind of like yourself, you're being selfish. You just, you know, you're t- it's, you, you should be grateful for this opportunity. You're being ungrateful. And I just felt like I couldn't ever speak up. So then mm-hmm. taking drugs was genuinely a form of like, just numbing myself. I was like, let's just get through this and let's just do this. I was having panic attacks in my hotel rooms. I was, 
I was not enjoying myself, but I felt that if I said anything, I'd just be ungrateful. Like the amount of people that were killed for the opportunity to be a model right. and do what I was doing. And I wasn't happy because it wasn't me. Was your family aware of your drug use? Honestly, no. Um, because I was living in London at the time and I was traveling a lot. I was traveling like three, four times a, week, um, a month, sorry. And I don't think, I think as well, because I love my mum and dad and I didn't want them to be disappointed in me. I didn't want them to know, like, because they were so proud of me too. Like they would put all of my like magazine covers up and <laughs> makes me want to like die. And I just thought, oh my God, like, I just can't, I can't break their hearts and tell them like how, how bad it is and how much right. of a horrible time that I'm having. And I mean, as well, when you get thrown into something at like 13, 14, you don't have a minute to go, what do I actually want to do with my life? Because you don't even know who you are at 13. You don't even know who you are. You literally don't know. You're thrown into this and you have people telling you where you have to be, who you need to talk to, um, how you have to act. I mean, there was a time when I had a boyfriend who was on a reality TV show and they were not happy about it. The people who I was working for and they were like, no, you have to get rid of him. So you were being like very micromanaged. Very micromanaged. I was mollycoddled to the point of like, they would dress me. Like they would put me in the clothes and stuff, wake me up in the morning. Like it was like, I was genuine. I had no idea like that it was any other way to like live life. I was just mollycoddled and sent to these places. And that's why I feel sad because I had such great opportunities. And I worked with so, so many amazing brands, but I didn't truly like, I didn't truly get to experience and be happy about it because of the way that it, the way the situation I was in. How did you deal with when your sister found out you were doing drugs? Was she like... I mean, I, I think my sister probably thought it was kind of like inevitable. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know her opinion on it per se. But I do... I think... I think it's a, re- it's a really hard one because how do you have that conversation with someone, you know? Me and my sister, like, I'm going to be real, I've, I've never been that close. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she, we never really spoke about it until I was in rehab and we had a phone conversation. I saw this, like, horrible article on the Daily Mail oh. that said, like, you know, Kate's so disappointed and Lottie and she's, like, trying to save her sister and all this. And I thought... And I just felt so sad. And I called her and she was like, do not listen to them. She was great. She was like, That's- do not listen to them. They're not right. I love you. You're my sister. This is the thing. You you do start to panic on those things. And because me and my sister have never been that close, right. um, it, it was it was a factor in my mind. I was like, oh my God, you know, does she really think this about me? Because I, at a point I did think, oh my God, the world just thinks this about me. And I chose to do OnlyFans because I wanted to, I wanted to empower myself. I love taking nude pictures <laughs> nude selfies till I die <laughs> um I love taking naked pictures and I love being you know proud of my body and being empowered and things like that and I think women in the sex industry need to be you know or in the adult industry need to be more appreciated and you know that we can we can do so many more things than just one I completely agree yeah. I cannot wait till we get to OnlyFans because we're yes. gonna talk about it because <laughs> you're fucking crushing so you step away from the modeling yes. agency and did you decide to separate or did they part ways with you um so I decided to part ways okay. with them I know it said in the press yeah the tabloids are insane like yeah they do really just be making they stuff up it. don't they, they? they'd it. be making shit up left front center I'm like okay I feel like they just pick it out of a hat yes. when they decide to write dude I was reading the tabloids and they're like it's because she got plastic surgery it's because she started OnlyFans it's because of her drug there use there was and I'm so like, many different reasons I was like which one is it then you, at least if you're gonna write a fake article make up a fake reason and stick with that do you know what I mean right so why so did I you- I decided okay. to leave them because of the fact that I just didn't think it served me a purpose anymore being with that agency. Um, I I didn't have a great time with being with them. 
um, I kind of lost myself a lot. And I, I felt after rehab, I was like, I need to get rid of anything that has been holding me back. And it was really holding me back being with an agency that I don't think particularly embraced who I was. Um, so yeah, now I've signed with someone different. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> so just to kind of go over you. Yes. You recently went to rehab. Yeah. When and why did you seek treatment? Um, so I, I was seeking treatment. I mean, obviously I made that TikTok saying it was about, you know, but I genu- I was very depressed. I was very unhappy. I couldn't get out of bed in the morning and it got to a point where I just thought I can't do this anymore. I, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to not be able to get out of bed in the morning. I want to be happy and I deserve to be happy. Um, but I was surrounding myself with a lot of negative people, which is what happens when you're taking drugs and when you're unhappy, drugs happen more. And, um, you know, it, it just spiraled out of control. It just got out of control. And the more like negative people I was around, the worse it got. And then, yeah. So I decided to go to rehab. I was just very unhappy, which was the main reason. When did you tell your parents that you wanted to go? Um, they actually wanted me to go. Yeah, they actually, they could see that I wasn't doing very well. And um, I, I remember I called my mom and I was like, I just can't leave my bed today. Like, I'm so unhappy. And then she was like, right you need to go and for a long time I pushed back and forth with my mum like and I was like no and then and then one day I was just like no I'm going I'm gonna go (laughs) how did the pandemic affect your drug use was it harder during I think it was harder you know Mm. because there was nothing to do and this was another thing as well like boredom and stuff you just you kind of drive yourself crazy I'm such an overthinker so I was just in my head so much and because this was the first time in my life I'd stopped working like when I was modeling um, from about 16 years old was when I properly started working and I was going here there and everywhere I was in LA Japan here Romania blah, I was everywhere around the world all the time so I always had stuff to do and this was the first time in my life where I wasn't working and I was like <sighs> I got the itch I was like oh my god like and then you start overthinking things I'm a massive overthinker yeah. like I have really bad ADHD and it really causes me to just overthink everything and I just got so in my head about things and you start to think negatively about yourself and think, yeah. well, I'm not working. Nobody wants to use me. I'm this. And I got to that point, you know, and it was it was really difficult. Yeah. You posted a TikTok uh, in rehab with the caption. I think I took euphoria too far, guys. What was the reaction to that video? It, I mean, it wasn't like good. People were like, stop blaming euphoria on your drug problem. I was like... And you know what, like, I find a lot of TikToks, like, it's just humor. Like, it's, it's, it's a joke. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm also English. We'd say things as a joke. And I think a lot of, like, people take it seriously. But I'm just very blunt. I think I'm funny. And then, and also with my ADHD, I think I say things maybe that I shouldn't do. I just don't, I'm like, blah. And then people are like, what? <laughs> I get what you're saying. So it was yeah. kind of like a joke at the time. And then people were like, this isn't fucking funny. Exactly. This isn't funny. And I was like, I actually did have to think about it. I was like, do you know what? It isn't funny. Like, right. drug use isn't funny. Being in rehab isn't funny. Like, but I, I was in a place where I was kind of taking the humor right. and making it. I get that. It's one thing also yeah. like you're joking about kind of yourself. It's not like you're like making exactly. fun of someone else. Exactly. I was like, else. I'm not talking about anyone else. I'm right. talking about myself and my experiences. But also I've never spoken like this openly on a podcast or in an interview and said actually how I felt in the last few years yeah. or, you know, what I've been through and things like that. I think people think I was just a very easy ride for me to get to the top and, right. you know, and it, it was hot. It was a really, I had a really tough, few years you know what are some of the negative comments you get on social media I mean a lot of them are like well you know she's she's not her sister or you know she's 
she should she shouldn't be a model she's only like it's all, a lot of this nepotism yeah. which i which i do understand i see there is a lot of like in the world but i just took an you know an opportunity that i thought you know was going to be good for me and yeah. i think anyone else in my 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 position would have done the same thing i was actually laughing because i looked at your tiktok and i saw one girl was like where the fuck did my comment go and you were like i couldn't handle the heat today babe yeah and just, you just deleted it, just, it and i kind of some of them that. i was just like i can't handle it i'm sorry like it was and it was it was savage because i did those in rehab and then i was like fuck i shouldn't have done that because yeah. also the heat that i got from it i was like this is you know not You're nice like, this is not a good time for me to like be stirring up more shit like i'm trying to focus yeah on I, I, this is the thing i don't know why i do it to myself like stirring up more shit when i'm already like totally. you know needing to heal totally. and this is the thing i'm not gonna sit in there and, i'm not gonna sit here and say i went to rehab and it was so great and i you know it was there was tough like there were times where i felt like i need kind of needed like an outside yeah. i was like what's going on in the world because i'm you know sat at this place for 28 days and it's very you know it's kind of like Groundhog Day every day because yeah. you're doing the same thing. Like, and it was great, but there was a lot of feelings stirred up and things. I don't think I was in the right position probably to have my phone. <laughs> what do you think was the biggest or best lesson you learned from rehab? I think to talk about things, okay. which is kind of why I like have decided to be so open on this podcast because I, for a really long time, I wasn't allowed to talk about things and I was told not to talk about things, but I think it's really important too. It is. And it's refreshing. Because yeah. I also, I just, I'm, I find it refreshing that there's other people in the world who are like me, who have been through the same thing as me with, you know, drugs or depression or anxiety and things like that. So I think it's just really nice knowing you're not alone. I said it on an episode recently. I was like, everyone, please be really careful with cocaine because the fentanyl getting mixed with the coke and people are fucking dying. And it was yeah. like, so, it's been scary the past like two years. Did that affect your decision to get sober i actually know someone who did die off of off of the fentanyl um you know epidemic thing that's going on right now and it is it's really really sad it it really is and it is it it just shows you but i mean it's dangerous anyway to take drugs yeah so it just shows you how dangerous it really it really can be and you kind of mentioned earlier like you had you were kind of surrounded by like the wrong people (laughs) When did you change or did you change your like social circle? Oh, massively. I had to let go of a lot of toxic people. I let go of a lot of them before I went to rehab. Wow. Because I needed to go there and not have people that were negative, that were going to influence my, you know, sobriety in there and feeling my mental health and things like that. So... Yeah, I definitely had to cut a lot of people off, but you have I to take the trash hard, out at though. times. You've got to take the trash out. But it's fucking hard. Like anyone listening that's oh, like- Oh, it is. Do you know, and do you know, I love a toxic man. Oh, Lonnie, so- <laughs> we're going to talk about that because yeah. it is, toxic can be addicting and it is fun for a little bit. But then if you're in that toxic stage with like friends or men, yeah. it gets too addicting. And then you're like in this cycle where then like, that's what you go back to every single time. And it's like, it's hard. Yeah. This is the thing. I think I had a lot, so many toxic things in my life and like, things had to go do you know right. i couldn't yeah. have it all yeah. at once you're like i cannot be also now like yeah. fucked up from these men yeah. fuck no they're it's yeah, too much exactly like, I had exactly to, you had to take out the trash yeah okay so only fans what inspired your decision to stop basically modeling and begin a career with OnlyFans? So I had heard of OnlyFans through a friend of mine okay. and she i was living with her, with her actually at the time in Oh, when was it? I think it was 2021. So it was last year. I was living with her at the beginning of last year and she was doing all these OnlyFans pictures. I knew that she did it for like a little while before and she was like, oh my God, it's so fun. You get to shoot and do all this stuff. And for me, I just saw, I saw her shoot one day. I was like, this is what I want to do. This looks so fun. Have you ever shot anything nude? 
No. And but you were just like, I don't give a fuck. I was just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and that and your friend was in London at I the time. I probably shouldn't should have given a little bit more of a fuck. But do you know what? Like, I was like, I'm s I've been so afraid to be who I am for such a long time. I'm just gonna do it. Like I was like, this is fun to me and this is what I enjoy. So I'm just going to do it. I encourage any woman who is like proud of their body and would like to do it, should do it. What did your family think when they, how did you tell them? How did you tell your parents? Um, I actually don't, wait, did I tell them? I think I let the article come out before I told them. <laughs> Why? You just I know, but it was, it's such an awkward conversation yeah. to have. But I did explain it to them and I said, this is what it is. It's not, you know, my my parents had a very different idea of what it was before I did it. And I told them that's not what it is. It's a very safe website and I'm doing it very, you know, safe. I have a manager and things like that. So I'm doing it very safely. But, um, obviously it's, you know, it was hard. We, my mom didn't speak for a couple weeks, but then she got over it and she's, we have a great relationship now. So that's good. Now is she like the mean girl's mom where she's like, go sweetie. Or she's just, no, she's not there yet. (laughs) She's just being supportive. Yeah. She's supportive. She has to be, she's like, I love you. Whatever you do, whatever makes you happy. And I think she can see how much happier I am doing this than what I am doing modeling. So that's really cute. What did your sister think? I mean, I she said the same. She was like, I'm super proud of you. Like, yeah. whatever you do. she. I think she was also kind of happy that I'm not doing exactly what she is doing. And she's like, get out of my lane, bitch. Get out of like, my lane. find your own lane. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Like, this is something that I've wanted yeah. to do. Like, I think so many people expected me to be so happy with this, like, modeling life. I'm like, not everyone wants to be a model, you know? Not everyone should have to do what their family does or do what their parents yeah it's like you almost like found your own lane and maybe at first it was like okay a little jarring like wait are we okay with this and then now your family's like okay she looks really happy and that's all life should be about is just trying to be fucking happy yeah exactly exactly okay can you describe a day in the life of shooting OnlyFans content? Like, how do you? How does it start? What do you do? Are you with people? Like, how does it go down? Give us the tea. Do you know what? It's so fun. <laughs> I love it. It is so fun. It's literally just a bunch of like... So sometimes we used to do these things at the house that I was staying at with my friend yeah. who introduced me to it. And we used to bring the girls over, we'd get some drinks going, you know, smoke a little bit and just have fun. And we just take our clothes off and just wear like cute underwear. We once got a Bentley come to the house and we all just were like lying on the Bentley, taking pictures. Like it was so cool. It was so fun. How many girls are in these houses with you? Um, so basically that was a house at the time that I was just staying in with one other girl and her boyfriend at the time. But we, he was only, he was doing um, management for girls that were doing OnlyFans and things. So he would have the girls come over and we'd shoot in the house. It was a huge house. It was a really nice house in Beverly Hills. So we just had the girls over and we're just shooting. And- okay, but are those managers ever creepy with OnlyFans shit? Do you know what? No, I have not run into any creepy ones, but I mean... My manager, Jordan, is yeah. he's amazing. Okay. I, I, he's not like that, but I also know who he's worked with before. Like, I only went, I went with him because I knew that he'd worked with other people. And Got I was it. like, and I, when I met him, I was like, I trust okay. you. I would never go, because a lot of these guys at the moment think they're like OnlyFans management. Yes. Like, <laughs> bro, like, fuck off. Who's going to tell you? Like, yeah, yeah like, relax. just because you have a couple of NFTs doesn't mean you can manage some girls on OnlyFans, okay? Like, yes. calm down. Yes. No, that's it. That's it. I can totally see guys like getting way too ahead of themselves. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck You're up. You're not a manager, bro. Back Who up. told you? Yeah, Who you let don't you do have this? the tits in the vagina, so shut up. Yeah, right? This is what I'm saying. Okay, how often do you shoot content? So I shoot content like three or four times a week. Wow. Yeah, but it can be it can be as simple as just like in the mirror. Yeah. Just like by the pool, anything like that. So it's it's kinda it's very easy to do, which is nice. What is your favorite kind of content to create for OnlyFans? I love shooting and I love shooting with other girls. Like I recently just did a shoot with my friend Megan, who does OnlyFans 
and we did an Easter shoot. So I bought little bunny ears and then we did like, I had this gorgeous like set from um, Trashy Lingerie that I got. And then we just did it in like this little garden. It was super cute. Like I love it. I honestly find it so fun. And I, I create a lot of the content with other women, which I really enjoy. Like the girl of the girls that I work with, the photographers. Yeah. And you know, it's nice having women around you when you're doing something totally. like that, which I think it needs to be more female empowered, this whole OnlyFans thing. 100%. Is there anything you won't do on OnlyFans? Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, have sex on it. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's the one thing, okay. yeah. Okay, um, you... No shame to people who do, by Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely it's, no shame, it, it's just not for me. Yeah, everyone has boundaries. Yeah. You've said that you're a very sexual person, and yes. that can mean a lot of different things. Can you explain what being a sexual person means to you? It's all sexual liberation, genuinely, for me. Like, I feel most liberated when I'm naked. I feel, you know... I feel a huge power in just being very happy being sexual. Like yeah. I've always been talking about sex and things like that. I've always found it's like a common ground as well. Like maybe it's because it's very social that I enjoy talking about it. Cause I, whenever I speak to people, you always can have the funny sex stories. Do you know what I mean? Like talking about, oh, this happened with this guy and this happened. It's always a funny thing and it's something that you can relate to with everyone. So I think that's why I find it just like a great topic and I love that you talk about it so much in your podcast because I'm like it's the one thing that we all relate to that's why it's so popular because it's like it's the one thing we all talk about and you do it in such an amazing like funny way Thank you. you know how it should be spoken about and it's so true because it's like why can men always talk about it and women can't why have men been speaking about it in rap songs for like the last 50 yes. years and we can't like we talk about it and you're like oh that's a slut she's a hoe and it's like yeah. really yeah really or we're just saying it exactly how you guys say exactly. it exactly women funnily enough women enjoy sex too yes what <laughs> What a concept. I know it's crazy to um, some people. You also said you identify as pansexual. Yes. What does being pansexual mean to you? Pansexual means that you would go for anyone, basically. Okay. It doesn't matter what gender, what um sexual identity they are, you know, it's just I just love people. I'm such a people person and I genuinely I fall for my friends or, you know, the people that I date just based on what I speak to them. Yeah. Like I'm very like I connect with people's like insides inside their soul. You know what I mean? Totally. It sounds so cringy, but it is true, you know. When did you realize all of this? I mean, I knew when I was like a lot younger, I was I'm the thing is I think everyone watches lesbian porn. Like every uh, girl watches lesbian yes. porn. Like yes. let's be real about That's it. It's like the only porn I watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like I, I used to watch a lot of lesbian porn and then I was like, hmm, something feels a bit fishy here. And then I was like and then I started to like girls when I was like a bit older. Mm. But I never said it because I was very embarrassed about talking about it. Um I had a lot of like I remember the first time I slept with a girl. And I told my friends, well, my friends, my friends at the time, and they were like, that's so weird. Like, how could you go down on a girl? How could you do this? And I was like, um, like I have an orgasm. Like right. I actually like, come. I have a vagina. She's a vagina. Yeah, she's I know a, what I like. Also, she, like I actually get to orgasm right. because most men don't know right. what, what the fuck G spot is. Yeah, right. and a girl's like, I got you. Exactly. Oh, okay, so you had a little bit of judgment from friends in the beginning. I did, and like I always used to kind of brush it off with that kind of humor. I was like, I get to come, blah, blah, blah. but it really it did. Like it got to me. You know, it wasn't it wasn't nice to hear that from your friends. And like, oh, I don't want to change in front of you because I feel it, like you're gonna like try and help me. And I'm like, don't give yourself that much credit. <laughs> They're like, calm down. You're not that hot. <laughs> I don't want to go so, down on you. <laughs> so yeah. And then I think as I got older, I just kind of became more open with yeah. that. And it, when it was a point where it was becoming more accepted, I thought, right, like now I'm just going to stay and Fuck just it. get out there. Yeah. Are you single or in a relationship? Single. Oh my God. Five years. <laughs> you God, it's saying a, it like it's a drought. It's, it's, you know what? It's, it's really getting to me now. No, I'm joking. But no, it is. I mean, it's been a long schlep. I can't lie. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Okay. What are you most attracted to in a person that you're looking to date? So, I mean, I have had terrible, (laughs) terrible taste in men. Like, actually, like, it's actually almost funny. Me and my friends, like, laugh about some of the situations that I have been in. I dated a guy and I went to his apartment in Brooklyn. He had a knife in his wall. I'm being dead serious. Bloody. And I I took a picture of it and then I carried on dating him. I was like, oh, that's funny. And then just carried on dating him. I was like, something's not right here, babe. I swear to God. Yeah. So you like the toxic? I like the toxic. I like the mattress on the floor. I like oh, the, <laughs> you know, the whole like no bed frame, literally like SoundCloud rapper. Like I sound like Tanner now. That's but why I, you're hanging me out and Tanner. <laughs> me and Tanner tragically have the same taste in men. <laughs> Have you ever hooked up with the same guys, Hannah? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a that's a subject. That is. <laughs> Have you guys got in fights over it? Yeah, we had a little uh tiff. A little tiff about someone recently, but yeah, no, it's we're all good now. Where the fuck do you think you got this taste from? Your dad sounds like a great guy. Do you know, this is the thing. I'm like, why do I have such why do I have such terrible taste when my dad is such a great guy? Right. I, I, I don't know where it came from. I think. I just love guys who are a bit dangerous. Yeah. I'm like, because also I think, because I was told to do for so much, like told yeah. what, to, what to do so much of my life. I think I'm like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm just going to rebel and go for like yes. the worst guy possible. I think that makes yeah. so much sense. Like when I, mine was different, but I like played a sport my whole life. Yeah. And very competitively. And so my coaches were always telling me what to do. So I dated yeah. the bad boy at all the time. Yeah. At all costs. I'm like learning how to like sniff aerosol cans. And I'm like, whoa, what are we <laughs> doing here? Like my boyfriends were full yeah. of Generates, but it was because it was like I didn't want someone like that. I wanted to be out of control. Yeah, and so I think maybe you'll grow out of it. I I'm hoping so. Do you know what? And actually, since I've been in rehab and come out, yeah. I have drastically changed my taste in men. Like actually, and for the better. Because it was it was bad before. Like it was really bad. It was like full on like drug dealer bad. Like it was it was the bar was down. The bar you couldn't see the bar anymore. The bar was so low. Like <laughs> and then and then I think I got mentally better and I was like actually I think I deserve better than this. You're like I now no longer want to fuck my drug dealer. Yeah. Although he was hot earlier. Now that I've like kind of seen the light, maybe not. Yeah, so much. maybe not dating guys that do that and maybe like not dating guys that have a knife in their wall. You do know the fact that you saw the knife and you're like. Oh, yeah. No, the way I was like, mm, I slept on the mattress on the floor. It's so bad. I really did. And it had, he had satin sheets, by the way. Like satin sheets with no bed frame. I thought, why are you going to half bother? Like, you can't half bother. <laughs> okay, so usually it's been toxic. Yeah. Okay, so girls, when you see a guy has a knife in his wall, maybe run. How did that relationship end? Um, obviously, it didn't turn out very well. Yeah. He was very angry. I can tell you that. No, he was, he was like crazy. He was crazy. Okay. But I mean, he wasn't like abusive. He was just crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had to end. It had to end, yeah. 
Okay. Lobby. Have you ever been cheated on? Yes. Multiple times. How did you find out? Do you know what? I found out about one of them. When I was with my ex, we were actually, um, we were together for a few months. We were actually, it was kind of like the first time we kind of called each other boyfriend and girlfriend. And so we were quite early on. And I got a call from my best friend who went to a university and he used to do a lot of personal appearances at different universities because he was on reality TV. And um, she calls me and she's like, okay, so a girl from this university that I know, she's basically lives with another girl who has said she slept with your boyfriend i was like wow and i found it on christmas eve i know it was it's really tragic what did you do did you immediately confront so i called him and i said to him i was like i'm not even upset because i expected it he cheated on people before so i was like you know i'm not even he started crying and i was like why are you crying isn't that the craziest thing when the guy starts crying and you're like Hang on a second. Wait, you're the one. You're gonna make this about you again? Like (laughs) And when guys cry, I'm sorry. Yeah, if you're crying about something like actually real, like oh my god, like I have so much I have so much sympathy and like I've had that with my ex before and he was crying about something that happened to him and his family and I was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. But when they're crying about that shit, so when they're crying because they fucked up, there's nothing more just I'm like, you're pathetic. pathetic, Yeah. Stop crying. You're you're crying, but you couldn't even just take the snot bubble is just like and then like they get all like um they get the saliva and, and i'm like, like yeah so let's continue talking about you cheated on me, me. I this is my one. moment okay <laughs> i get to cry you don't all right that's literally true so he started fucking crying i'm crying he started crying and i literally i was my face i just literally went i was like stop crying i'm i don't want to hear it um anyway like i was like, i was like it's it's just like it's this happened to me not you so but i love you <laughs> oh it's always a dude when i found yeah. out my boyfriend cheated on me he made a video sobbing apologizing because i wouldn't speak to him and i'm watching oh this my video God, and so i'm like and the fact that there's a video too i was uh, like why did you give this why to do me? they think they oh. they could have tried in every other way possible you could have just not cheated you're gonna you're gonna send me a video of you crying yes. with your like <laughs> that's not gonna make me want you anymore quiver, baby yeah. like, i'm sorry and you're like i now i'm the so quiver, repulsed quiver, i hate the quiver okay so then you did you just break it off or did you get back with him? so i got back with him oh. stupid <laughs> shocker yeah i know here i am um and I got back with him and he actually, he does something really cringy to get me back. So I was, I was away at the time in Norway with my mum with her family for Christmas. Okay. And I got back and he was like, look, I need you to drive to this place. I'm going to take you away for the weekend. I get there. And he walks out of his car and he's got a sweatshirt on that says, I'm sorry. He's written, I'm sorry on a sweatshirt. Honestly, I'm like crying. And you got back with him. I got back with him. And then he wrote like these like cards that he was playing Justin Bieber, I'm sorry, from his radio, his stereo in his car. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I got in the car and I was like, I thought it was really cute at the time, but looking back, I'm like, oh my god, ick. That is an ick. Go online and make a full sweatshirt of I'm No, no, he didn't. Oh, he he drew it. it. He drew it. Okay, that's even worse. That's even worse. It was giving like GCSE art. Like I was like, what is going on here? Wait, was did your mom see any of this? No, she didn't see. She dropped me off. I got out of the car and then his car, he started playing like Justin Bieber. Is it too late now to say? I was like, (laughs) but me being like, oh my God, like you cheated on me. So sorry. (laughs) So sorry. And now you look back and you're like, I'm like that was a dumb bitch, but I was so young that I, I was. It, I so it. I was 18. Okay. I was yeah. So I was 18, 19, and he was 27. 
So oh. he should have known better, really, than to... A 27-year-old blasting Justin Bieber <laughs> with an I'm sorry, sorry shirt t- with a little permanent marker right Permanent marker. He also, like, didn't even color in well. I was yeah. like, at least give it your best but shot. Then, like, But I get it. At the time, you're like, oh, my God, it's like the radio over the head. Now you look back I and know. you're like... I'm like, well, and then he did it again. Lo and behold, surely. Like, and I was he ha- didn't catch You know what the worst thing about this is? The fact that I was having threesomes with him. And no. he still went on to cheat on me. And I was like, I'm did he giving ever you cheat everything. with one of the girls who had a threesome? No, with? he didn't. Okay. No, that would have been crazy. But he was still cheating on me and like lying about it. Oh. And gaslighting me and making me feel like I was crazy. Well, you're the making his dr- man's dreams Anytime I'd speak to a guy, he'd be like, I know that you're cheating on me and stuff. He was cheating on me the entire time. I swear when people say yeah. that, it's because they're, 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 they're doing cheating. It. Yeah, it is. When was the first time you had a threesome? I was 18 when I first had the threesome. Was it with a guy and a girl? It was with that ex. Oh, yeah. That motherfucker got so lucky. I know. He you got gave so him lucky. So with like a really hot girl too. And I was like, fuck. Did you ever have one of those awkward moments where there was like jealousy or have your threesomes gone Okay, smoothly? so yeah, the second, we had two threesomes okay. and the second one that we had, it, it was weird because it was a friend of mine and it got really awkward. And I kind of, I actually at one point like left the room. And it carried on. And I was like, oh, shit. Why? Yeah. It was you bad. left? Why did you leave? I was just like, because... He was paying... He was, like, paying loads of attention to her. And, and I was you like... like <laughs> I'm, I am me in the girlfriend. corner like smoking a cigarette like crying like <laughs> you guys are having fun fully yeah. your boyfriend just keeps fucking her and you leave yeah actually it was a really bad moment but I mean and then he shows up the next day with like flowers and he's like I'm sorry I don't remember and his big one was like I don't remember it so I like, don't remember oh I don't remember always, it so. he's, always, uh, he's always sorry this motherfucker's always, always sorry, sorry and they always like was too uh, drunk to remember it oh, and they was like oh my god I didn't even know what happened dude that's interesting because I've always talked about like threesome guidelines yeah you have to set some guidelines or it yeah. can get wild see I have I have guidelines for threesomes so I only really us. have threesomes with people who the girl is bisexual okay and it's like the guy is like happy with that do you know okay. what i mean yep. so it's like always like me and a bi- another bisexual like pansexual woman and then a guy because i just think for me like having threesomes with like girls who are not you know into women yep. it can lead to just like i don't think That's- that they want to do it. i really don't like people that have boyfriends and then they're like i want to have a threesome with you i'm kind of like I feel like you don't. I feel like you might be doing this for him. Because if you're having sex with me and him, why are you having sex with me if you're not into women? That's such a good point. You know what I mean? And I I actually think that's such a good guideline to have because a lot of women write in being like, my boyfriend wants to have a threesome. I don't know what to do. Yeah. If you're already saying that, it's it's a no. It's a no. It's a no. I'm sorry. Like, if you're not, like, I do it because I'm into women too. So for me, it's like, you're like, oh, Christmas day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, perfect. A guy and a girl. (laughs) You're like, two in one, let's go. Yeah, exactly. So it's great for me. But I think if your if your boyfriend is trying to pressure you into doing yeah. a threesome and you're not into it, if you're not into like women, then I wouldn't do it with a woman. If you're into totally. men, maybe do it with another guy. Like I agree. You know? Have you ever had one with two guys? I've never had one with two guys. Have you ever cheated on a partner? Yes. It's okay. It's <laughs> it was okay. it was the same guy. Oh, it was yeah. yeah, he was treating me like shit. Like, like but it was right at the end and it was it was a week actually a week before we broke up. So it was it was like very much at the end of it. We were both yeah. kind of not in it. We weren't really speaking at the point. Yeah, you're so on I was your like, way out. I was on my way out and I was like, you know what? It's He's fine. done it enough to me. Right. Have you hooked up with a best friend? A best, as in his best, oh, like well, an ex's best friend. Uh, or... Sure, I was gonna say like one of yours, but first you can answer that. Yes, oh. <laughs> I so I slept with his two best friends. Why? 
are as you? I should. Like, as I should. <laughs> did like, you find out? Oh, he did. Yeah. Did you tell him? No, I didn't. So his friends actually, he found out about one of them and then his friend told him about the other one. He was like, oh, I said, what great friends. I know. Like, but the- guys are like, yeah, guys, no, are- guys don't. Yeah. If you're hot, they're like, mm, whatever. But, but, and, they, and that's the, the, your ex couldn't even get mad at you because it's like, those are your friends. I'm your no, ex. I, like, I, know I, like, I know it sounds bad. Like revenge is never the best. But like, but oh, it is. like, shut up. Like, it so it's is. so is. Like, it's so like, when I saw the look on his face and I was like yeah you're like yeah they yeah. were great better yeah. than you exactly yeah have a nice like day. you treat me like shit for a year so now come wow. is a bitch were they better than your boyfriend in bed no he oh. was he was very good i will also I'll when you have that. a connection with someone that you've been with for a while exactly the sex like we were in love with each other so the sex was obviously yeah. very good that yeah. makes sense okay have you ever gone through someone's phone without their permission yeah my exes <laughs> um, this same ex yeah, you know when it was toxic. Do you remember? this is such a toxic I feel like me and you are toxic oh it's so yeah. bad I've gone to the iPad oh I'm yeah like, same scroll. the laptop too <laughs> like even like Facebook so this was when like Facebook was still a thing oh my god so I was going and I was also <laughs> okay so I'll tell you about the one time he had his laptop open, open and oh. he was watching something on it and he fell asleep oh. so I was like just like trying to edge it over to me. I was like, yeah. And then there was another time What'd where you he- find? Did you find anything? I didn't find anything. But the second time I went through his phone and it was when, it was when they used to have the thumbprint on that. Did you take it? I took it. His I was like, bodies still, I don't think he knows this, by the way. So if he watches this, he's going to be like, he's psycho. Psycho. Um, so yeah, I went through that and then I found something. He was such a deep sleeper okay, there you go. and he was at the time taking a lot of drugs. So I was like, oh, there's right. no way this boy is waking oh, up. Oh, he's out. Oh, he's out oh. like a lot. He's like a baby. He was like a child though. He was like, when I was with him, he was very, I was very much me looking after him. Like I wasn't taking heavy drugs at the time. I was literally just like hanging out with him and he was very heavily into drugs. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just gonna, he's never gonna, he's wake, never up. gonna wake up. He's never gonna know. What did you find? So I found a message from a girl and she was like, oh, come to this like after party. And I was thinking, the fuck? So I got so angry. I confronted him about it and he knew that I'd been, he was like, how dare you invade my privacy? And second of all, turned out to be nothing. It was just a girl that was a friend of ours that <laughs> I That's know. the worst. I was like, when you go crazy mode and you think you're on to something yeah. and you're like, want to explain this? And he's like, that's yeah. my cousin. Thinking I've like, got the receipts and truly I may as well just rip them up. It's because, so bad. Yeah. And you're like, um... Let's go get coffee, babe. Like, and anyway, like, like, I don't really care about it anyway, so that's fine. It's always so dangerous to go through the phone, but it's so I think it's thrilling. such a bad thing. Like, I was 18 when I did it, and he yeah. was cheating on me, and I was in such an insecure place, so I did it. At this point now, I would never do that again. But I also would never date anyone that I needed True. to go through their phone, no, you know? No, I actually am in the first healthy relationship of my life, and I will, I will admit, my boyfriend's going to be like, huh? I've definitely thought about doing it. But I've stopped myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, because you trust him. Yes, like if yes. I if I'm with someone, the next person that I'm with, I don't want to think I need to check their phone because I'm onto something. Because it's you never check it for no reason. Exactly. I mean, sometimes you think about it doing it for no reason. You're like, what's on that? If like, you have been with toxic people in the past, it's hard sometimes to, to not, rewire yeah. your brain and be like, trust. Yeah. Trust. Because exactly. if you look every time and you find something, it's hard. Yeah, this is a thing. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had sex with a married person? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> no, I, love I didn't answer. know that they were married. 
Yeah, and then I scrolled through the Instagram the next day and saw. That's the yeah. worst. I, I've had friends where we're out and I'm like, look at their Instagram later. I'm like, wait, you hooked up with this guy and he's married. And it's like, these people are fucking This scum. is the thing. And he told me, he was like, oh, I'm single. Like, blah, blah. like f- he made up a whole story about how he was single. It was like my last girlfriend. Blah, blah. Like, fully, girl. he was in like detail. And then I saw the next day and I was like, what? What's fucker? wrong with you? Also, what just fucker? to hook yeah. up, like, you're pathetic. Okay, when you're going to give a blowjob, what are three things you do that guarantee your partner is going to get pleasure? So my trick is with the tongue. I do this thing with my tongue. Circles. The circles. Yes. You know about yeah. it, girl. <laughs> we are two pieces from the same pod. <laughs> it's, it's so it's key. It's so good, isn't it? It's it, it, so- it really just gets it going. It and, really does. And I think when you can do it on the tip at first. Oh, yeah. When you do the little, like, around the. Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That gets and it going. And then also, like, arrange them, like, up, down, mm-hmm. like. A, a bit of deep throat here and there like you don't have to keep going deep you don't have you don't. to don't choke yourself out just like you do, do it, it if m- you feel it you know surprise them yes. a little bit with it and make and don't do it all the time or else it's not as fun yeah give them the surprise yeah. moment look Lottie, <laughs> you are giving the people what they want okay we're wrapping up we have to finish on nudes you are popping off on OnlyFans. you know how to take a fucking nude and we need your help yes. the daddy gang needs to know okay what is your go-to pose for taking nudes? My go-to pose. Well, I love my ass. Okay. So anything. So you know when you go like when the person's taking the picture is slightly below you. Yes. And they're going up. Yes. That is an absolute angle. It's money. It's it's the uh, money shot. It is. Yeah. It, and if so you have friends doing it. So let's say, okay, for someone maybe that is like, okay, wait, I'm sending this to a guy. I don't have OnlyFans. How can I do that myself? I usually I feel like you can do the thing where you like go under. It's this. It's like the same vibe. Yeah, but getting yeah. that under ass shot. The under the ass shot is so And then so if you cute. don't have underwear also, on. But also I think don't have any shame in asking your friends to do it because we all right? send nudes. Such a good So point. why can't we get our friends to like help take them? I mean, sometimes maybe it's a little bit yeah, but weird I, for the guy because he'll be like, who took this picture? <laughs> but I think it's kind of hot to be like my friend. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like thinking my about you. Yeah, like it's fun. Yeah. We're having also, fun. Also mirror selfies are great. Like mirror, nude mirror selfies like with the right light or like so good. I think a nice like kind of like sun and then you're like oh a little sun. one of these yeah a little bit of sun and it looks nice on your abs I always put oil on too oh, I use a hella oil yeah that's such a good tip mm-hmm. also I love sometimes right out of the shower where you still have water oh, on yeah the you. wet hair too yeah 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 that's pretty that's yeah. pretty hot okay what is your favorite nude that you've ever taken of yourself Okay, there's one that I shot in a house. And it's not even really a nude. It's just of my ass, but it just is an amazing picture. Oh. And I'm wearing Louboutins and I'm standing. And we actually, so we had this house rented out for the day. It's this huge house in, yeah. um, on the way to Beverly Hills. And we rented it out. And it was me and a few girls and we were taking pictures. And it's actually me like bent over the railings of this huge staircase. Oh. And I'm wearing this black corset. And it's just, it's insane. It's timeless. S- timeless. <laughs> so sexual, yeah. so timeless. Wow. Okay. Can you give anyone listening advice that's like nervous to take if they've never taken nudes or they feel like they're bad at taking nudes? Like give us that Lottie Moss courage. Do you know what? Just get sexy. Wear some, put something on that you feel sexy and whether yeah. it's lingerie, whether it's swimwear, put something on that you feel super hot in yeah. and then just experiment with it. Just go with it. Chuck loads of oil on you and just get sexy. Put some music on. I love 
putting music on that I feel sexy, like listening to like Megan The Stallion or like Doja Cat and then just take some, like just feel sexy. Just feel yourself with That's it. such good advice too. Cause I feel like if you are getting turned on by yourself, like yes. first don't even think about them. Maybe like think about yourself, yeah. like what turns you on? Like yeah. sometimes like have a drink if you're like pregame. Yeah, before, have a like, drink yeah. or even just get your hair and makeup done. Like, go and get your hair blown out. Yeah. Take it. You'll feel so much sexier. And if that's it doesn't work with point. one outfit, try a different outfit. Try nude if that's better for you. Dude, you know? I've had t- times if I'm taking a nude, like I get turned on before it. And then you're like, oh, now I'm going to masturbate because I'm like turned on. It's yeah. like focus on yourself. Yeah. And then it will translate into the photo. If you feel photo. sexy, like it will translate into the picture. If you feel your best and you're like, I'm popping off. Like, yes. Listen to Dutch K, you're like, yeah. <laughs> it will translate. Yeah. I agree with you. Amazing. Lottie. Has this has come to the end. This is so fun. I know. I'm so sad it's coming like, to an end. I feel like so many people are going to fucking love you, vibe with you. You're Thank such you. like a fun, bright spirit. I'm like, okay, let's podcast all the time together. Ah, like, <laughs> love you, your energy. Yeah. Do you have any fun plans for summer? Um, I think I'm just going to go on holiday lots. I'm actually moving here, obviously, so I need to find oh, a house and everything. Oh but Are you going to live alone? Um, no, I'm living with a couple friends. Okay, few fun. only fans girls. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so we so can, can all shoot like, together and, and have yeah. fun, yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, go follow Lottie on social Thank media. You so follow Thank you so life. much for having me, too. I've had the best time. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.